Hello and welcome to Strict Evilish. My name is Jian Han, and today we'll talk about the American Revolution. <laughs> welcome to our third episode. <laughs> today I will lead this podcast alone without any guests, any teammates. That's quite sad. Well, move on. So, American Revolution was. Can I say started?、Uh, yeah, commenced, commenced in 1765. So, well, the American Revolution is kind of the complicated, kind of the series, complicated series of some kind of some coincidence and lots of complex events. So, I want to start with this episode. From the explanation of the background, so we will start from the French Indian War, the war which, which lasted for seven years, almost seven years, and it was, though it though its name is French Indian War. Well, it's actually French and Anglo War, Anglo. Anglo's to who stood with the Indian side. Well, long story short, the war burdened the war burdened the treasury of the Great Britain hardly, so it costed almost sixty, almost what can I say, or sixty-five billions pound.、Uh, today, for today. For today, it's these are these are trillions pound. I'm sorry, I didn't slept. I didn't slept yesterday, so today it's hard to say, hard to say. So、uh, whatever. So in 18th centuries, 65 millions pound is equivalent. It is equivalent trillions pounds today. So it's quite a huge cost. And as I mentioned, the huge cost, huge cost undermined the tre- national treasury, national wealth of Great Britain, hugely, and so. What did Britain? What did Britain do? They or it prohibited the expansion of co- its colony, the thirteen colonies. The Great Britain or the House of Commons enacted or some kind of formed, enacted the line of the Proclamation Line of seventeen sixty three, which forbidden, which banned the expansion of colonies over the West Appalachian Mountains, and well, to. To develop the status of national wealth, to gather more money to the go- government, what did, what what option, what way, what manner did Britain choose? They choose, they chose taxation. Well, British diet, British, the House of Commons, House of Commons, in a. Had enacted continuously, continuously enacted various taxation bills like sugar act, sugar acts, 
1764 and the notorious Temp Act 1765, which forced forced to pay three pennies tax for every printed paper which sell. What can I say? Retailed, which which are retailed in the thirteen colonies. Well, yeah, and well, of course. The habitants of col habitants of colonies, so Americans, considered the like the taxation bill taxation bills as a some serious challenge against the rights of colonies. So yeah, there were kind of there were kind of protests and disobedience for these laws. Yeah, of course. Well, no taxation without rep. Represent no taxation without representation. The famous quote came out almost about this period. Well, well, and third, well, 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 well. Eventually, the Stamp Act and Taxation Acts, such as Stamp Act, is abolished eventually. And the merchant of thirteen colonies took a serious role from for the for that. Well, from eight from the seventeen seventies, so the eighteenth century, America was a valuable import sort import sort the the food source of Great Britain, and the GDP of the thirteen colonies was equivalent with the Great Britain's. Great Britain's ones, or surpass, or what is that? Or surpass it. So, for Great Britain, America is kind of the pearl which they could not abandon. And so, well, yeah. So for Great Britain, some ad. Aggravating this conflict due to some kind of silly stamp act was not the beneficiary choice. So, and well, since since the merchants of colonies boycott the British merchant, British merchants experienced some ser serious uh, uh, British merchant damage seriously. Course, so they they plead to House of Commons that please abolish the Stamps Act, and the finally, eventually, ultimately, the Stamp Act, the withdrawal of Stamp Act was passed, so it's abolished. Well, but Great Britain's has had its own excuse, though. Well, in French Indian War. The, though it's true that British, but Brit the Great Britain burdens kind of some kind of mm, discomfort, like providing food or supply to some colony inhabitants. But it's it was also true that the contribution of states, so states colonies, were not equal. So like. Virginia, Virginia, who was, who was, which was near from the battlefront with French, contributed 
as much as Britain Britain did, or more than Britain did, but for the colony from colony which is far from the battle, then actually they did nothing. So Britain had Britain had it its own excuse. However, well, the conflict, the conflict, conflicts, conflicts, conflicts because of the tax was keep continued, and well, of course, I keep saying of course, the expression of course, well, ever, well, whatsoever. Well, because of the taxation, taxation. Taxation, the anti-British sentiment started started to emerge in the thirteen colonies, and the British Parliament Parliament interpreted the sentiment as a again the serious challenge against the motherland, and well massively, uh, massively or. Or were continuously passed the numerous taxation bills, and the famous bills, the four bills, are referred as the Townshend Bill,、uh, which the the Act Townshend Act Townshend Act, the Act which were enacted by the Chancellor, the Chance, the British Chancellor Charles Townshend. Townshend in the late 1760s. Well, the Townshend Acts consists consists of these four acts: the New York Restraining Acts 1767, the Revenue Acts 1767, and the Indemnity Acts 1767, and the Commissioners of Customs Acts 1767. Wow! Well.、Yeah. So the New York Restraining Act, seventeen sixty-seven, prohibited New York Assembly and Governor to pass new bills until they followed the Quartering Act, seventeen sixty-five, which required New York to provide house and food for British troops in America, and Revenue Act, in seventeen sixty-seven, placed taxes on glasses, leads, painted and paper, and tea. In colonies, and the Indemnity Act in 1767 is redu- reduced tax on the British East India Company for imported tea. Again, tea because they are British. And the co- last, the commissioners, the, commis- the commissioners of Customs Act 1767 established six new customs boards, including the headquarters located in Boston, and the board used British Army to reinforce the control. Consolidated to consolidate the control, and unfortunately, this act or this custom boards led、uh, became a kind of one of the reason that one of the factors, one of the reasons that triggered what the Boston what the Boston massacre, whatever. Well, so due to these endless taxation bills. The conflict between conflict, conflict between the colonies and the UK, UK, no, Great Britain, England, England was, England had been aggravated. So in, at, 
in seventeen in seventeen seventy at February February twenty second, a minor a minor was a minor was murdered by officer in the Boston Custom Board, and in the same year March, the Boston massacre broke out. So well, I will shortly briefly explain what Boston Boston massacre is. So Boston massacre. So okay, in 1770, there was a garrison. So the 29th Regiment of British Army in Boston, and in front of the garrison camp, kind of uh, a group of a group of citizens were gathered, and nobody knows who started this confrontation but some kind of serious serious military com- military conflict some violent conflict was occurred uh, violent conflict occurred and the five citizens were five citizens died died the uh, due to the riot or fight yeah it's quite angry or kind of ridiculous things for uh, for the Boston citizens or college habitant, their their friends, their neighbor di- di- died because they fought. They they fought with they fought with British army. They might be shot by the gun by the gun of British armies, or they might be battered by British British armies clubs. Well, yeah, but the trial. For this massacre, or this, uh, what can I say? Uh, well, this violent event itself conducted conducted logically. So the advocation, the the advocation for the British armies and British officers was provided, and the lawyer, the attorney for British, were the John were John Adams, who would. Who would become the second president of the United States? Well, yeah. So Boston Massacre was kind of coincidence. It's not the deliberately schemed some massacre or military military operation. But you know, the anti-British sentiment was keep ac- accumulated, keep yeah, accumulate, keep. Had been keep accumulated since British pose British start to pose some kind of heavy, heavy, heavy taxes on U.S. on U.S. and America, and there was though it's revealed that the event was fabricated by the colonies, the thirteen colonies tea merchant, which uh, who who whose whose benefit was decreased by the British India Company who could import import the teas from India directly. Uh, the accumulated anti-British sentiment triggered or incited the some kind of events like Boston Tea Party and in it's hard to, it was hard to say that it would be 
okay. it would be okay. Yeah, the Boston Tea Party. Despite its, it was fabricated. It was enough to lead the anger of Americans. And you know, from Boston, since due to Boston Tea Party, from Boston Tea Party, British India Company faced a huge, huge, a tremendous, tremendous. What can I say? Financial, financial damage, or yeah, they they experienced a huge loss, like a thousand, a hundred thousand pound in that era. So the British Parliament, of course, was was angry, outraged, and they what can I say? They revoked, they revoked the so in seventy seven. In 1774, May 20th, the British government, British government revoked the Charter of Province in Massachusetts Bay. So, the colonial, colonial era, the name colonial era Boston. The British government revoked the charter, so the autonomy of the Massachusetts colony, and you know. British government might want to might anticipate that colonies will colonies would be would obey to obey to them obey to them, but the conflict between the motherland and the colonies had been keep aggravated had been aggravated again and endlessly. So to mediate to mediate. To mediate, to mediate, to what can I say? Resolve this tension to improve this kind of answerless, answerless, answerless question problems. In America, the Continental Congress was established two times. The first, the first Continental Congress was established in 1774, but well, they and they sent to the British king uh, petitions or some declaration of rights, but all of them were dismissed. And, well, nothing, nothing was not, nothing would be, nothing would be, nothing would be better. Nothing was going to better. Nothing was going to be better. And 1775, April, the Use the the battle, which is usually referred, mentioned, or considered as the first, the stop, the trip, the start, the start of the U.S. Independence War, the Lexington, Con the battle, the Battle of Lexington and Concord broke out, and in the same year, May, the Second Continental Congress was established, but well. It took a long. It took a long time to make some kind of fancy, fancy, fancy compromise that could that could satisfy both 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 sides. And while some kind of some intellectuals tried to try to find fancy answer, good answer, June so seventeen seventy five June, but Boston, the seas of Boston broke down. So, well, 
literally or nearly the America started the war, war against the, its motherland, the Great Britain, which, which was, which had been, which had been a country a empire that never set the superpower before the United Nations after the Second World War. The Great Britain, the British colonial empire. Well, the fun fact, the fun fact is that even until until that time, until that time, so until seventeen seventy five, the loyalist and independent, the pro independent independence, was. Was keep debating, was keep debating, were keep debating. So, were keep debating for their less the legitimacy or their right, the rightness of their behavior. So, the the people, the public public opinion in Amer in America and colonies was not what was what was not uh, kind of absolute. So. The public opinion in the 13th colony didn't absolutely approve the independence. They don't. They didn't absolutely supported their independence. However, in 1776, famous writer, famous philosopher Thomas Thomas Paine uh, published his famous book. Common sense, and he he urged the he the he argued the benefits that the college habitant gain could could gain from the, their independence and its rightness, and urged its independence. And his book, so Common Sense, became extremely popular in colonies, and. Took a major key. Took a, it was a key factor which changed the public opinion of thirteen colonies from some kind of gray zone, gray gray zone to absolute pro independence. So, and boosted, 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 cheered, boosted by this kind of the. Eager for eager for independence, the second the second continental continental congress ratified the Declaration of Independence in seventeen seventy six, fourth of July. So the American Anglo War or American Independence War officially broke out or was declared, and. Buy some numerous fortunes for colonies like Chest Battle of Chesapeake, and Americans could gain its independence from the Great Britain. And let's talk about so what is let's talk about what the impact of the American Revolution in the world history. 
Well, the independence of the 13 colonies was the flag that announced the birth of the first modern democratic republic. The government with the concept of separation of powers, the legislative, executive, and judiciary was formed. And, you know, in like Europe, medieval, like Europe maintained, maintained, inherited status, inherited status, and inherited status was denied, was, yeah, denied, disapproved in the society, society in the new world, and the colonies broke that, broke the chain of federal, feudal regime, or what, what will be, what will be called the ancien regime in future funds, and liberated themselves with their people's power of and again, although America finally became a nation state after decades, at after a century, after no, after decades, at least after Lincoln. And you know, also it's remarkable that unlike French Republic, American Republic, Republic could stand for a long time, could last for a long time steadily, thanks to George Washington's noble behavior. So he resigned from. The uh, resigned from president by his own, yeah, such a good man. Good, so this noble behavior became a good example. Became good, uh, what can I say? His noble behavior, his behaviors became such a good example that didn't that was that didn't threaten the principles of democracy or republic and actually washington attributed the democracy of america heavily though i think it's kind of repetition that of what i just said because in the early period of the republic this so in the early period of independent america independent independent colonies uh, people, people confused. People usually confuse the concept of president with the concept of king and elective monarchy, which, which is the political structure that some kind, some influential nobles votes for their next ruler. <laughs> yeah, and because of Washington's noble resignation and numerous able thinkers and politicians. The foundation, foundation of new warm republic could be founded steadily, although it was revealed that the liberty and rights that the founding fathers claimed were not guaranteed to some people, sadly. And it's true that the state, the U.S., had committed or have committed, oh, sorry, had committed or has committed lots of misbehaviors which are against with democratic values. Well, in fact, German-American thinker Hannah Arendt considered the American Revolution high, higher, superior to the French Revolution due to its stability and success, because it, it the American Revolution was successful unlike the French Revolution. Uh, for Hannah Arendt, it was absurd that the French Revolution, which met the catastrophic end, like the reign of terror and the restoration to the ancien regime <laughs> due to the French emperor, French short emperor, whose name is Napoleon Bonaparte, and which can be, and the French Revolution was 
could be considered as the origin of totalitarianism, because due to what can I say? So, because because in the late or middle middle period of the revolution, as all as all know, lots of your your European states were were a prey to the revolution's influence, and they tried to con cut, eradicate the sprout of this kind of liberal thoughts by allied allied with themselves, allied with each other, and send it, send send it, and sending it, sending some huge scales of troops. So, ironically, in, during the war between the France and rest of European nations, uh, totalitarianism or collectivism, collectivism, can I, can I use this term this early, whatever, collectivism was emphasized. Well, and, well, despite, despite the, this kind of, anti-democratic features. French Revolution was regarded as a revolution, but American Revolution, at least in until the Arendt era, the her period, her era, wasn't considered a revolution, but independent in the war for independence. But you know it's true that American Revolution last lasted much longer than French Republic. American then sorry, sorry, my brain is my brain blanked out. Well, American Republic lasted much longer than French Republic, and the American Revolution succeeded to found an early modern democratic republic. Yeah, unlike the French Revolution. So, for Hannah Arendt, it was kind of an it was an absurdity that people discriminated the two historical events that that significantly significantly her thoughts on the American Revolution can be discovered at her work on revolution and it was also interesting that thinkers who were influenced by Locke like Thomas Paine took a major role to trans transform a revolt uh, to a revolution because Locke and Loki and so the followers of Locke's thought or Locke and so Locke himself, were remained minor position in the political field of Britain and Europe in 18th and 19th century, since they considered radicals like communists and socialists in the 20th century. Like as I mentioned in the last episode, which deal which deal with the Glorious Revolution. Uh, maybe I think desperate colonies might need the radical society. Utterly, utterly, yeah. Well, today's episode might be shorter, shorter than our previous previous episodes. Um, so sorry, my condition is not that good. Not that good. My brain does not work that well. Sorry for this bad, low quality contents, and we will return two weeks later and we will discuss 
we'll discuss about the French Revolution. <laughs> this, although I criticized the French Revolution with comparison, comparison, comparison with American Revolution <laughs> in this episode. And bye bye. <laughs>